nation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go beyond the bell. Ooh, yeah, the Royal Rumble. The single greatest wrestling event and match ever in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Competition, yeah, against 29 of the greatest wrestlers in the world. And only one man can win the prestigious World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. I've won it before. I've been there before. I've been to the top of the mountain. And I'm going back. I'm going back this afternoon. Two things I want to accomplish this afternoon, yeah. Number one, sometime I want to get my hands on the snake man. And the other thing is, yeah, I want to once again be the World Wrestling Federation champion. Oh, yeah. Dig it. See, it is this simple. The man who is standing last in the Royal Rumble will be the World Wrestling Federation champion. So all I ask you to do is open your eyes. It will hit you in the head like a shot. For you are looking at the man that is superior to all. You are looking at the next World Wrestling Federation champion. You are looking at Sid Justice. They say you can't always get what you want, but I've always been able to get what I need. This afternoon, the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt is on the line. For 29 other men, it's going to be a big disappointment. I would never disappoint myself. You, I don't mind. And Savage, believe me when I tell you, I'll be waiting for you. Yeah, I'll save some for you. And I'll have just enough left to walk out with that title around my waist. Trust me. You're looking at the next World Wrestling Federation champion. You're looking at the man who rocks the cradle. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Today we find out who's the fastest of them all. We're at the Royal Rumble and 30 of the greatest World Wrestling Federation superstars gather today to find out who is the man for four months. I've called myself the real world champion. So for me, there's no back door. But remember, boys, and that's to all 29 of you, I've lived one way. And one way only, and that's with the belief to be the man. You have to beat the man. And today at the Royal Rumble, I am the man. Woo! Oh, what a busy afternoon is going to be at my funeral parlor. 29 hearses have already been prepared. 29 bodies, 29 caskets. And standing atop this mass carnage will be the Undertaker, crowned once more World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. You know something, Hulkamaniacs? Later on this afternoon, we get to prove a point that no one else could prove except us, man. In one given afternoon, we're going to prove to the whole world the power of Hulkamania. We're going to prove that we can beat all 29 other superstars in the World Wrestling Federation to get our WWE title back. 
Oh, yeah. Winning the Royal Rumble is one thing. The most prestigious event in the WWE. But when you add the WWE title on top of that, that changes the whole picture, man. But Hulkamaniacs, this is our cup of tea. They're going to be coming from all different directions. Friend or foe, they're all the same in the Rumble. But it's just like always, we're always getting cheap-shotted by one of our so-called friends. Or we're always getting cheap-shotted by that no-good Jack Tunney. But this is our cup of tea. And in the Royal Rumble, we're going to prove that Hulkamania reigns supreme. But to all those people in Titan Tower, in the WWF offices, don't worry about The Undertaker or Jake the Snake stealing that belt, man. Me and my little Hulksters have a special battle plan for the Royal Rumble. And what you going to do when Hulk Hogan and his little Hulksters rumble all over you. Wrestling fans, welcome back to the show that takes you back in time as we relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment, the show that's all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. This is Beyond the Bell via the SNS Radio Network. I'm your host once again, ring announcer Sean Beckerman, a little bit under the weather fans, so I appreciate you. Just sticking it out with me and uh, bear with my strained voice and nasally tone as myself and my family as well have been battling a cold slash flu over the past week or so. So thank you once again for sticking it with us on another edition of Beyond the Bell. This week we celebrate the event known as the Royal Rumble. We all know in less than one week's time, the Royal Rumble returns for its 25th edition. The 25th edition of the Royal Rumble live on pay-per-view. Therefore, this week, we will celebrate the Rumble, not by just reviewing its history. That will be another time. Since we're one week away or less than a week away, boy, time flies, I decided to do something different to look back at one of the historic events in professional wrestling, one of the top five, they say, or now the top four. The Royal Rumble, the Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and of course, WrestleMania. People used to throw in King of the Ring when it was around during its pay-per-view days. Now it's rarely seen on, and it's when it's actually on television, it's on a Monday Night Raw edition. Nevertheless, we're going to relive the Royal Rumble 
in a different manner this week as Beyond the Belt presents the Royal Rumble Facts, Stats, and Tracks. We'll look at some of facts from the Royal event as well as some interesting statistics on the Royal Rumble as well as the tracks. This basically means we'll track how superstars have done once they've won the Royal Rumble and how their careers progressed once they won this big 30-man extravaganza. Last year was 40-man, the biggest Rumble ever, but typically the 30-man big-time event, which which is basically the initial start on the road to WrestleMania. So, fans, let's kick things off with some records and statistics for the Royal Rumble. It's anticipation of the amazing. Edge is going to WrestleMania! Unvarying in unpredictability and the epitome of excitement. quarter century it has shown us how to defy the odds 30 superstars one winner a main event championship opportunity at wrestlemania 28 awaits on the 25th anniversary of the royal rumble match the numbers tell the story 31 the total number of wwe hall of famers who have competed in the royal rumble match these legends combined to headline 21 main events at WrestleMania. 695. Since 1988, nearly 700 entrants have tried to win the Rumble match, only to be eliminated. 39. Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels holds the all-time record for eliminating the most competitors. How does he do that? Not far behind is the big red monster, Kane, who has tossed a total of 35 participants in 13 consecutive rumbles, with a record 11 eliminations in 2001. Kane is going crazy here! 194,107 pounds, the astronomical mass of humanity that has competed in the Royal Rumble match. You want to know where the beef is? There's the beef, pal! That's over 97 tons, or 430 big shows. 421,883. Take a look, they're here in numbers! That's how many members of the WWE Universe have been in attendance at the Royal Rumble to witness a number of memorable moments. 62 minutes, 12 seconds. Rey Mysterio survived brutal competition for over an hour to set the record for the longest appearance in a Rumble match. He did it! No he did it! Rey Mysterio did it! Three. Stone Cold victories in the Royal Rumble match more than any other superstar in history. Two seconds. For 20 long years, the Warlord held the record for the shortest time in the Rumble match. That was until 2009. I think the Warlord's record may have been broken. I wasn't ready. Two, the number of women who have competed in the Royal Rumble. Unfortunately for their male counterparts, these divas had their number. Beth Phoenix eliminated the great colleague. Number one, the first entrant is at a definite disadvantage, where time is not on their side. Yet a number that has produced the same amount of winners as the coveted number 30 spots. 27. Perhaps the luckiest number in the Rumble match, producing a record four winners. An 
and since 1993, 55% of Royal Rumble winners have gone on to win the championship at WrestleMania. And now, for the first time ever, every WWE superstar is eligible to enter the Royal Rumble, making this the most unpredictable in history. road to Wrestlemania and it begins at the 25th anniversary of the Royal Rumble. Stone Cold Steve Austin has won the most Royal Rumble matches by winning the 1997, the 1998, and 2001 Royal Rumbles. Rey Mysterio has spent the longest time in a Royal Rumble match when, in 2006, he lasted a time of over 1 hour, 2 minutes, and 12 seconds. Conversely, the Warlord has spent the shortest time in the Royal Rumble when, in 1989, he lasted a time of two seconds, which we believe quite possibly was broken by Santino Marella, who could basically lasted one second. The longest Royal Rumble match was held in 2002 with a time of one hour, nine minutes, and 23 seconds. The shortest Royal Rumble match was held in 1988 with a time of 33 minutes. It should be noted, though, that the match only had 20 participants, though. The shortest Royal Rumble with 30 entrants was the 1995 Royal Rumble at a measly 38 minutes, 39 seconds, where entrants entered at 60-second intervals. Kane currently has the most consecutive appearances in the Rumble with nine appearances from dating from 1999 to 2007. Glenn Jacobs, who participated as Isaac Yankum DDS, as well as Diesel and Kane has made more Royal Rumble appearances than anyone else with a total of 13. In 1998, Mick Foley made the most appearances in a single Rumble match when he entered as Cactus Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love. We'll discuss that a little bit further. Stone Cold Steve Austin has made more eliminations overall than anyone else with a total of 36. Kane has had the record for the most eliminations in a single rumble when he eliminated 11 competitors in 2001. Viscera holds the record for the most opponents necessary to eliminate him with eight other wrestlers directly involved with lifting him up over the top rope in the 2007 edition. He also holds the record for the second most as Mabel, who was eliminated by seven wrestlers in 94. Earthquake in 1990, Rikishi in 2000, and as well as Muhammad Hassan in 2005, share the third most, each having been eliminated by six men. Three wrestlers have won two Royal Rumble matches in a row. They are the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan in 1990 and 91, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels in 95 and 96, and Stone Cold Steve Austin in 97 and 98. Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit have both won the Royal Rumble at number one and Rey Mysterio and Vince McMahon has won, have won it at number two. The slots are theoretically least likely to allow someone to win the Rumble, 
and has to be reminded that the two first slots enter the match at the same time. Therefore, technically, even though they were number two, it's the same time frame as number one. Despite being the best possible number to draw, the wrestler who entered number 30 has only been victorious once when The Undertaker won in 2007. The number 27 slot has been given more wins than any other slot. Big John Studd, Yokozuna, Bret the Hitman Hart, and Stone Cold Steve Austin each won a Royal Rumble at entry number 27. Rey Mysterio is the shortest winner of the Royal Rumble and is also the only masked superstar to win it. China is the only woman who have ever participated in a Royal Rumble up until the entrance of Beth Phoenix, who eliminated the great Kali, who we'll get into later on as well. The winner of a Royal Rumble that spent the shortest time inside the squared circle was none other than Brock Lesnar in 2003, when he spent just under nine minutes in the match. That was until two years ago, in 2010, when the Rated-R Superstar broke the record in winning the match in just under seven minutes and 19 seconds. The record for the most consecutive eliminations is seven, set by Diesel in 1994, and later tied by Rikishi in 2000, and then the Great Khali in 2007. The heartbreak hit Shawn Michaels currently has the longest combined time in the Raw Rumble match with a total time of 2 hours, 49 minutes, and 3 seconds. Close runners-up include Chris Benoit, which is about 12 minutes less, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Triple H. All behind the heartbreak hit Shawn Michaels, who's had such tremendous performances in the Raw Rumble, especially in 1994. Now, a lot of people can say they, they had some great Raw Rumble moments, some interesting moments, some great performances, but I want to look back at some of the worst performances in Royal Rumble history. Over the previous 25 years, there have been many great performances and many more that have failed to impress us. With it being announced that the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble is now hitting its 25th anniversary after having 40 participants the previous year. At least one historically bad performance is bound to occur this year, of course. As we amp up for the biggest or most memorable Royal Rumble in history, as it is the 25th anniversary, we can take a look back at some of the worst moments or awesomely bad moments that we all attempted to forget and at the same time will not wipe from our minds the worst performances in Royal Rumble history on Beyond the Bell. Once again, fans, thank you so much for sticking it out with me with my voice. Bear with me here. We'll start off with number 15, May Young in the year 2000. We've, uh, we've seen... Wait a minute! It looks like we have a late entry! 
Mae Young wants to be in the Miss Rumble 2000 swimsuit contest. Say that again, late entry. Hey, all, all my fans out here wants to see my puppies, and they're oh, going no, to get to see my puppies. Wait a minute, Mae, I don't know if everybody wants to see your puppies. Wait a minute. Like a May, Wait a minute, Mae. You, you got to be kidding, Mae. You're not... Hold on, May. Who told you that everybody wanted to see your puppies? Take it easy. I think May's been in the cooking chair again. She's had a nip tonight. Maybe she went to the AARP happy hour. Calm down, May. That's good enough. Somebody get the no. oh, oh, for goodness sakes. Okay, May, that's good. Thank you. Start this this list in the most brutal way possible. The image of Mae Young stripping her clothes off. At the 2000 Rumble, Mae Young won the Miss Rumble pageant and then proceeded to attempt to strip her clothes off. Whether this was meant to be done or something that could be chalked up to the elderly senality is one's guess. Good luck with that one. Based on how quickly people reacted to cover it up, makes us believe that this may not have been meant to happen. Some say they had the cosmetic top on. It wasn't really her. To me, it looked as real as you get. I was there sitting, or actually right by the... 
the taxi cab area in the 2000 Royal Rumble. And seeing that image, I will never forget that one by Mae Young. Also in the year 2000, Kai and Tai and their participation, or lack thereof, of the event. And there goes Funaki. That's the little fellas there. Just... Oh, and there Taka. Sayonara Taka. In grill. Wiping Rakishi's backside. That's a horrible thought. That's a... Forget Tony, baby. That take a queen-side bed sheet. Oh. oh. Taka oh. wants to... Can you, can you show us that... Uh... Poor Chinese guy, Takamichi no clue, getting thrown. He's Japanese. Well, can we see him getting thrown out by Boss Man one more time? That was entertaining. Look at that. Oh, man. He landed right on his face. Look at Boss Man. Here's why he, we will not probably see Taka, obviously, tonight, unless he makes a sprint out of the hospital. Oh, yeah, I love this. Show it again. Punch his face. Oh. Taka knocking himself out right there, face first on the floor. Can we, can we see Taka get eliminated one more time? <laughs> I love this. Watch his, slow, watch his face. Watch his head. And his point. Uh, his head snapped back there. And he's on his way to the hospital, as we mentioned earlier. They have some good Chinese hospitals here in New York. Taka Mishinoku and Funaki were apparently promised spots in the Rumble in 2000, only to be left off. Instead, we were treated to seeing these two glorified job squad members, former cruiserweight or light heavyweights, you know, Val Venus meet Choppy Choppy Yo They were put into the match or jumped into the ring in an attempt to eliminate people in retaliation of not being included in the match. Rebellious action by Kai and Tai. A D-Generation X-like movement by Kai and Tai. They both were unsuccessful. Twice. Funaki actually was thrown out three times, while Taka did it only twice. This was because Taka suffered a concussion on the second quote-unquote elimination. What made it worse was that Jerry the King Lawler took so much pride in Taka's injury that he made them show a replay of it while he laughed. Nothing says comedy like blunt trauma to the head, huh? The Steiner Brothers in 1994. Alright, I know a lot of you must be saying, what are you talking about the Steiner Brothers in 94? Howard Finkel explained that the rules of the Royal Rumble in 1994 included the phrase, no friends, only foes. Someone should have given the memo to the Steiner brothers. The Steiners make the list for attempting to bring a black eye to WWE when they refused to fight each other during the Royal Rumble match. Scott and Rick Steiner drew number one and three, respectively, and were scheduled to fight amongst each other, just like many other factions and tag teams have done over the years. In protest of the company and on their way to WCW, the Steiners shocked Vince McMahon on commentary when they did not care to fight one another. And you could tell by the voice of Vince McMahon on commentary that he did not like it one bit. Acasio clock counting us in. And it is. It is. Wow. Rick Steiner. It's Rick Steiner. Can you believe this, McMahon? What's going to happen now? Well, one thing's for sure. If Scott can hang on, you can bet Samu's going to be out of there. Scott trying to hang on. His brother Rick coming into the ring now. Every man for himself. And 
Rick Steiner wasting no time going to work on Samu. Well, it's obvious that he would go to his brother's aid, but if they get this, if they get him out of here, then what? <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 no. And Samu is double teamed. Can they get him out? Do they want to get him out? Maybe they don't want to get him out. Uh-oh. Going about it. Suplex. Scott and Rick Steiner with Samu. And look at this. From there, Stan Suplex. Oh, I would just love to see them get him out. The two of them have to beat each other's brains out. Yeah, well, it look, doesn't look like you're going to see that. Scott and Rick Steiner having some fun in there against Samu. You never know. In terms of the drawing, in terms of the pairs here in the WWF Royal Rumble, what's going to happen? Notice, Nidor Brother is going after it. The, the other one, rather. And here we go. Counting us in again. I, think I guess not. Oh, look at what oh. I thought we were going to see brother against brother. And Quang came in and that green mist coming out of the mouth of Quang into a, to Rick Steiner's face. Look at that. From behind, Quang all over Scott Steiner now. I don't think they wanted to find out, McMahon. Off the road. Back, no. Close by, down goes Quang. And Rick Steiner's in bad shape. Of course, the other way of looking at that is if they stay in there and take on each person as they come, they could, they could control this thing for a while, but it looks like Rick is in sad shape. Wang in there against Scott Steiner. And Rick Steiner is still smarting, belly to belly. Oh, look at that run over. What a suplex. And Rick Steiner is really in bad shape. I suppose you would have Scott Steiner dump his brother over the top rope right now, right? Oh, hey, what? He's been smart. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm happy to see. As far as brothers are concerned, there's only one brother going to turn on another, and that's Owen. I'm sorry to have seen that. thing to do you have to take it and take advantage of every advantage given you McMahon oh come on not that oh and Hart hammering away on a, a rather helpless Rick Steiner and Quang is doing the same on Scott Steiner look at this oh and trying to get Steiner out how's he about trying to get Steiner Rick Steiner Mick Foley in 1998 
is on our list. Oh, here we go. You know they are. In 1998, McFoley seemed determined to win the Royal Rumble. That night, Foley used all three of his alter egos to try and be the last man standing in the match. As Cactus Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love, in that order, Foley failed to win despite having a 10% chance of winning. It would have been interesting if one of the alter egos lasted long enough that another one of Foley's entrance spots would have been scheduled. Only for nobody to come out, huh? It was timed so well, wasn't it? Also in 1998, sexual chocolate Mark Henry. Within the same Rumble match was Mark Henry, who was a member of the Nation of Domination at that time. Henry was one of the final six men in the match, and it lasted over 19 minutes in the ring. So why is he on the list, you may ask? Mark Henry was never officially eliminated. After ending up on the apron, Henry attempted to re-enter the ring by going through the ropes. However, Farouk hit Henry, which knocked him back through the ropes and out of the ring. Everyone knows that in order to be eliminated, you must go over the top rope with both feet touching the floor. Therefore, Mark Henry was still technically in the rumble. The mistake was good enough for WWE. If you watch it closely enough, you can see Henry want to get back into action. Only to be told by an official just to stay out. In 2005, we saw Muhammad Hassan enter the Royal Rumble. That was surely an interesting moment. Muhammad Hassan was never really appreciated until he was gone from WWE. While he was still there, he had no shortage of enemies whatsoever. When UPN was 
wasn't criticizing him and forcing him out of his contract. He was entering the Royal Rumble and being ganged up upon. Hassan was picked apart by Edge, Chris Jericho, Benoit, Booker T, Shelton Benjamin, Luther Reigns, you name it. Normally, you need to be close to 7 feet tall and be at least 350 pounds to get that many men after you and garner that much attention in the Rumble. His build was like that of Alberto Del Rio of today. But the outside politics really messed up his character, especially when dealing with the network UPA. Come on, Jericho, pick up some of your own size. I don't have a mask on, for God's sake. Come on, Ray, go. Ray's got him, man. Those thunder kicks in the eyes. Oh, there, there we go. He's over. Oh, I was watching. Sheldon Benjamin holding on. Sheldon Benjamin did not go to the floor. we saw the debut of Giant Gonzalez. The train wreck that was Giant Gonzalez was born in the Rumble match in 93. When the Giant with the skin suit and random hair patches came into the ring to eliminate The Undertaker, we knew we were in for a treat, fans, weren't we? The scary thing is, looking at it now and instantly picturing the great Kali. Let's be honest, people. There were very, they, the two of them were very similar and not just in the height look, sure, Kali was much more built, like a Lex Luger type compared to uh, Giant Gonzalez, but they were very similar in the way that they were booked as well. What is that? Oh, my God, what is that? Wait a minute. Who is that? Oh, no. What is it? How big is that guy? Looks like he's 20, 30 feet tall. And there's a berserker. Who is he? I don't know. 
Is that Randy Whippleman with him? That is Whippleman. Look at this. Look at the size of that monster. What is it? That is the biggest man I have ever seen in my life. Speed by full bump. He is run. The Undertaker. Another participant about to come down, but Damian Demento, I understand, is on his way, but who is this guy, man? I do not Mr. know. Mr. Broadcast Journalist. Look at this. He is dwarfing The Undertaker. The Undertaker is about 6'10", 6'11". Beating The Undertaker to the punch. He is gone. Can you imagine that? He stuck The Undertaker. Then went and took it right to him and eliminated him. I've never seen The Undertaker mauled like this. Manhandled. But who is this guy? As I'm concerned, he can be whoever he wants. Damien Demento won't even get in the ring. I don't you know, blame him. To do with him. Remember Whippleman? Remember Harvey Whippleman said he was going to drop a bomb? Yes, he did. Bomb. That's the bomb. He was very upset about what the Undertaker did to Kamala. And this, obviously, is the bomb that he was talking about. I've never seen the Undertaker shooting like a child, like a rag doll. There's some personal here. He is being manhandled by this giant, whoever he is. And Demento won't even get in the ring. Demento, Demento is scared to get in the ring. What does that tell you? No brain. This guy is not one of the official entries in the Royal Rumble. You go down and tell him to leave. He has just humiliated The Undertaker. I've never seen anybody do that. Erwin R. Schleister comes through the curtain, but look at He's in no hurry to get down there. The onslaught on the Undertaker. Come on, we gotta get, we get some help on here. Do something about this. Look at the Undertaker. He's not raising up now, is he? Referees down there don't seem to be able to control this guy now. I see Sergeant Slaughter, Tony Gurry, and a whole host of others. Bushwhacker Luke 
in 1991. The best thing apart uh, uh, that was a part of this entrant was Bushwhacker Luke just coming in with the Bushwhacker dance, going into the Rumble, being thrown directly out of the opposite side of the ring, and walking right out with the Bushwhacker walk. No one beats Bushwhacker Luke in the 1991 Raw Rumble. That was surely memorable. In 2005, we saw Jonathan Coachman enter the Rumble match. A lot of people can criticize the use of non-wrestlers getting involved in the Rumble match, as some could say they were trying to prove something to all wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans that seemed to garner more attention to the Rumble. Some people hated the fact when they saw Drew Carey a part of it, which we'll discuss. Some people liked it because it brought more attention. Jonathan Coachman could be lumped in the same category, who entered the 2005 Royal Rumble and was out rather quickly after being eliminated by the Big Show. It gave us all a big laugh, especially when you see that Coachman even looks like he tries to hang on and do the skin the cat thing a la Shawn Michaels, but can't do it the right way or the same way. Coach is the one laughing now, you could say, as he has such a great role now working for ESPN. We just mentioned him right before. From 1993 goes to 2010, The Great Khali. Take a seven-foot giant that is a former world champion and is mostly around to be one the sole selling point for a country to promote WWE and make WWE a, more of a mainstay in India, and you have The Great Khali. Now take all of his scariness away, make him a face, and have him obsessed with kissing mostly ugly women. And you have a different and interesting character entering the Raw Rumble, right? Now, don't we? Now, let's throw Beth Phoenix into the match and into the mix to take on the Giant and use her womanly powers to make out with him and eliminate him like how Chris Benoit won the Rumble over the Big Show, except with making out not being involved. India must surely hate Beth Phoenix as we saw her kiss the great Kali and eliminate the the tallest, biggest superstar of the Royal Rumble in one shot. Definitely memorable and one of the worst performances in Rumble history. Kali's the Punjabi playboy. Be gentle. Chivalry is not dead. Trust a woman, look at that! Beth Phoenix has eliminated the great 
2008, we saw Finley enter the Royal Rumble. This one annoyed a lot of people because of the, the attention that people always tried to put towards the rules of the Royal Rumble match. The Royal Rumble match is classically known as a no-disqualification match. Yet Finley was DQ'd in 2008 for coming to the aid of his son, Hornswoggle, with a shillelagh in hand. The problem was, it was basically later on explained that it wasn't the weapon being used, but that Finley entered earlier than the countdown allowed him to. Since we can all see that the countdown hasn't been legitimate in many years, you could say it's laying cop out. You know, the gimmick countdown, the gimmick time between entrance or not, lame cop-out for a disqualification. But in reality, Hornswoggle should have never even been in the Rumble in the first place. While hiding under the ring for most of his time in the match, he ended up with a time of 26 minutes and 57 seconds and never officially re-entered the match. Meaning he was never officially eliminated again. Regardless, his official time is better than is better than all but four entrants, who was The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, John Morrison, and Batista. John Cena, who won the match, lasted almost 18 minutes, and that was less than Hornswoggle. Once again in 2008, we saw Shelton Benjamin make an impression in the Royal Rumble. Shelton Benjamin had a rather short stay in the Rumble in 08, before you could say, ain't no stopping me now. The gold standard was out, quite literally. Benjamin slid into the ring and leaped up onto the top rope where both The Miz and Morrison were standing, dazed and confused. After slamming both their heads into onto the ropes below, he countered a CM Punk kick to the, into the pay dirt, only to eat a sweet chin music out of nowhere. Exit stage left. If your computer lags during any of the videos, you can literally miss the elimination. Daniel Pewter in 2005. The $1 million Tough Enough winner seemed to show some promise to bring the MMA field to professional wrestling. The problem is that Pewter was the best fighter in a season that also featured Skip Sheffield and The Miz, but was not the best entertainer. Not only did Pewter enter with the idea that he was going to win the Rumble, but they also gave him a microphone. After a promo that would make Michael McGillicuddy cringe, Pewter was assaulted and purposely not thrown over the ropes for a few minutes until he fell out of the ring and seemingly out of the WWE entirely. Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero destroyed Pewter. The sounds of the, the slaps on the chest, the knife-edge chops... The body slams, the three amigos by Eddie Guerrero snapping his head and back on the mat. Oh, cringeworthy. And then enter Hardcore Holly, who seemed to enter a competition in Knife Edge Chops against Pewter, making his chest beat red. And then the Alabama Slam. Oh my goodness, destroyed with Pewter's head bouncing off, off the mat. Unbelievable. And then they just dumped him over the top rope. One of the most cringeworthy moments in WWE history. Who is it? Ha ha ha! The Daniel Pewter, who won the $1 million Tough Enough in 
right to enter the rumble. That was just part of his winning. Exactly. And Jay, I had a conversation with this young man a few weeks ago, and he flat out told me, Cash, I'm training hard, and I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. Let me tell you something, Jeff. This kid's a little bit of a wise man, and he's got no confidence for him. I hope he brought his lunch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tough kid. I know that. His background is impressive, but, uh, you know. Well, this is his first big match. His first pay-per-view with WWE. He's hunting with a big dog around here with Eddie Guerrero. Chris Benoit. Better not turn his back. He's going to get whooped. Peter uh, certainly doesn't have any shortage of confidence. Well, no, he doesn't. And, well, now it looks like Guerrero and Benoit are going to pick his spots. Maybe every man for himself a little... Watch this. Oh. Well, you, can't get this, you cannot get disqualified in the rumble. 
Thank you, uh, Ben Torkin, high pitch force for the We briefly spoke about it earlier on, Drew Carey entering the Royal Rumble in 2001. Drew Carey was at the Royal Rumble promoting an improv pay-per-view he was doing. Instead, he was the only man standing in the ring at one point during the Royal Rumble match in 2001. A moment normally only enjoyed by the winners of the match. King, 
tucking that head, looking at Drew. And, hey, he's offering money. That's a good idea. Drew Carey's trying to bomb his way out of this thing. Uh-oh. That ain't gonna work. The big red machine wants to win the Royal Rumble. Oh, and, and Drew Carey's a speed bump. Ah! Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Don't do it. Look at this. What? There's Raven. Raven just inadvertently saved Drew Carey's behind. The hardcore champion. And look at Drew Carey. Yeah. He's, Drew Carey's getting yeah. the hell out of there. He's smarter than I thought. Drew Carey just eliminated himself. That leaves Raven with a big red machine. Another like Raven's chances. Look at Drew Carey. He got out unscathed. Is he ever happy? Now you go, Bobby. You told him. Yeah. Drew Carey's a heart-stopping experience in the Royal Rumble. At least ended with him able to leave here of his own accord. The next man in was Kane, who looked at Carey, a native of Ohio, and treated him like fellow Ohio great Pete Rose. It was the closest WWE ever came to a David Arquette moment. Exit Drew Carey. Uh, it's pretty exciting. I was, it was really fun. I had a great time. And uh, all the guys uh, here have just been really uh, super nice to me. It's a, it's a big honor to be here. Even though it's the celebrity wing, it's still a big honor. Uh, just how big everybody is, man. Honestly, I'm a little dude. And I was, like, fat back then, but, they're, like, huge. And then I can't – I tell this to everybody. Like, when Kane lifted me up, that was a really a feat of strength, man. I, I mean, honestly, I weighed a lot, I weighed a lot back then. I can't remember my exact weight in that thing, but I weighed a lot. And uh, he just picked me up like it was nothing. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, I didn't think it was possible. It was like my dad picking me up when I was six years old or something like that. You know, when you're like, uh, while this big guy just thrown in the air, giving you a shoulder ride or something like that. It was like that kind of weightlessness where you're like, oh, my God, is he big and strong. Display it, man. Are you kidding me? I'm going to wear it on The prices Right, and I'm going to display it and put it where nobody can touch it and steal it. Yeah. We spoke about it in our records, facts, and statistics portion of this Beyond the Bell episode. The Warlord in 1989, the second edition of the Royal Rumble. The Warlord lives on forever because of his performance in 1989. After entering the ring, Hulk Hogan eliminates the man. It literally took two seconds to happen. As has everyone else. And we're under ten seconds to the next participant. Look at the brainbusters double-teaming on the Hulkster. It's the Warlord. Whoa! And Hogan caught the breakfasters. He eliminated both of them. And Savage looks like he's on his way. And there's the Warlord. Steps in. Whoa! Oh, and his neck with a 360. And he's out of there. He wasn't in there two seconds. Look at this. And the Hulkster dumped Fandle. The Warlord has been eliminated seven times in the Royal Rumble. And let's not forget 2009. Santino Morella. You had to know that this was going to be the top spot in anyone's list of breaking down the worst performances in Royal Rumble history. There are videos out there disputing if Santino Morello was actually eliminated earlier than the Warlord. Does it really matter? They both get mentioned annually in the Rumble by the number segment, of course, which we just played for you. Besides, 
Can't the Warlord get remembered for at least one thing? Come on. Morella has been a two-time Intercontinental Champion and a former WWE Tag Team Champion. So, come on. You gotta give the Warlord something, right? But it sure was funny seeing Santino Morella not only beat the Warlord's record, but the responsive, I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't ready yet. Or how about last year, 2011, when he almost won the Royal Rumble match, two years removed from having the worst performance to almost beating Alberto Del Rio and going on to WrestleMania. Santino Morella is definitely one of the greatest characters in WWE history, and it always creates a memorable moment in Royal Rumble matches. Away from the ropes. Yeah, with the Now, wrestling fans, let's take a look back at the fate of the Royal Rumble winners. Starting with the 1993 Royal Rumble match, the winner was entitled to receive a main event title shot at WrestleMania. In some cases, the winner of the Rumble went on to win a championship at WrestleMania, while others have lost their title match. On several occasions, the Rumble winner never even got a chance to use their title shot. Now we'll look back, since 93... The fate of the Royal Rumble winners. Let's start off with 1993. The Royal Rumble winner was Yokozuna. Yokozuna fought Bret Hart for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 9. Yokozuna beat Bret for the championship and then put the title on the line against Hulk Hogan minutes later. The Hulkster wound up leaving the event as the new WWE Champion. The 94 Royal Rumble winners, Bret Hart and Lex Luger, co-winners that year. This was the only time that there were co-winners of the Rumble. We kind of had a situation occur a few years later, which we'll get into, but at the time, this was the first ever co-winners of the Royal Rumble match. A coin toss was used to determine who would get the first title shot. Lex Luger won the toss and fought Yokozuna first. He was disqualified in that match by special guest referee, Mr. Perfect. Later in the show, Bret Hart, who lost to his brother Owen in an earlier match, earlier in the show, to even up the odds of both had to participate in two matches, beat Yokozuna to walk out of Madison Square Garden as the new WWF champion. I know I said WWE earlier, so now let's change it back to WWF champion because it was the World Wrestling Federation at the time. The 1995 and 1996 Royal Rumble winner was back-to-back, belly-to-belly, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Shawn lost to the WWE champion Diesel at WrestleMania 11. The following year, he beat Bret Hart in the 60-minute Ironman match to win his first WWF championship. 1997, we saw the winner be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold was the first Rumble winner that did not cash in his title shot at WrestleMania. Shortly after the Rumble, WWE Champion Shawn Michaels vacated the championship. 
due to controversial the controversial finish of the Rumble, which Austin was eliminated, but the refs didn't see it. Then eliminating Bret Hart right after, the, the vacated title was filled by a four-man elimination match based on events that took place at the Rumble. Bret Hart beat Steve Austin, The Undertaker, and Vader to win the vacant title. The following night, Austin cost Bret the championship. So at WrestleMania 13, Bret took on Austin in a submission match where we saw Austin basically be born. The Crimson Mask, when Ken Shamrock was the referee, one of my favorite, if not my number one match in WrestleMania history. But that definitely was a memorable year for the Royal Rumble. Then in 1998, we saw Stone Cold Steve Austin win another back-to-back, belly-to-belly Royal Rumble. Steve Austin went on to fight Shawn Michaels in the main event that featured Iron Mike Tyson as the special enforcer at ringside. Steve won the match to win his first World Wrestling Federation title. The next year, the 1999 Royal Rumble winner was none other than the chairman himself, the owner, Vince McMahon. The night after winning the Rumble, Vince gave up his title shot so that his friend, The Rock, didn't have to defend the belt at WrestleMania. Commissioner Shawn Michaels declared that since Vince vacated the title shot at basically vacated the title shot that Steve Austin would get the title shot since he was the last man eliminated from the Rumble match. The controversy was settled in a steel cage match between Vince and Austin which entered the debut of The Big Show. Austin won that match to get the title shot and used it to beat The Rock following what, what what a match it was at WrestleMania 15. I was there. Cheap plug. The 2000 Royal Rumble winner was none other than the People's Champion, The Rock. Easy for me to say. The Rock lost his title shot to the Big Show at No Way Out. The main event was later changed into a match that featured a member of the McMahon family represent one of the wrestlers in the match. McMahon in every corner was the billing. WWE Champion Triple H successfully defended his title at WrestleMania 2000 against The Rock, Big Show, and Foley. Foley, Big Show, Rock, and Triple H all had McMahon in their corner. Triple H had Stephanie. The Big Show had Shane. Mick Foley had Linda. And of course, The Rock had Mr. McMahon. So, you had a McMahon in every corner... But the story was not necessarily the four-way match. It was a forgettable main event at WrestleMania. But the story was, again, at the Royal Rumble in 2000, The Rock and The Big Show basically having a similar outcome to the 94 Royal Rumble where it seemed like both men's feet touched the floor. But it was found to be that The Big Show's feet touched the floor first, therefore The Rock won the Rumble technically. After looking back at it, they saw The Rock's feet touch the floor first, therefore The Big Show should have been declared winner therefore leading to a match for the Royal Rumble victory up for grabs, which Big Show won, which eventually led to the schmaz and the four-way match at WrestleMania 2000. In 2001, we saw Stone Cold Steve Austin win his third Royal Rumble, a three-time, three-time, three-time Royal Rumble winner. Steve used his title shot to win the title from The Rock at WrestleMania 17. One of the best WrestleManias ever. In 2002, Triple H won 
his first ever Royal Rumble. On the road to WrestleMania, Triple H lost, then regained his title shot to Kurt Angle. Triple H then went on to beat Chris Jericho for the undisputed championship at WrestleMania 18. That match was okay, I was there, but you were more so impressed with the Rock Hogan match that took place a little bit earlier. 2003, we saw the next big thing, Brock Lesnar, become the Royal Rumble winner. Brock Lesnar went on to win the WWE Championship from Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19. This is when the brand extension took place. And at the time, when the Royal Rumble was added or split between SmackDown and Raw, it was known that the winner of the Rumble would take on the the champion of his respective brand. That would soon change to the Rumble winner would get to choose which brand he would want to compete for or against the champion that represented the, the specific brand, whether it was Raw or SmackDown. And we kind of saw things play a little differently in 2004 when Chris Benoit won the Royal Rumble. I know a lot of people not like to mention Benoit winning the Rumble, but we all know what happened Benoit winning the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 20 in Madison Square Garden. Special night seeing Eddie and Benoit win. It's just a shame that it cannot be discussed in history books that are presented by WWE. 2005, we saw the animal Batista win his first ever Royal Rumble as Batista used his title shot to win the World Heavyweight Championship from Triple H. What a story that was told and a star was born in the animal Batista. In 2006, I was there to see Rey Mysterio win the Royal Rumble. Ray lost his title shot to Randy Orton at No Way Out. SmackDown GM Teddy Long decided to add Ray to the world title match at WrestleMania 22. In that match, Ray Mysterio beat Randy Orton and Kurt Angle to win his first World Heavyweight Championship. That leads us to 2007, the winner, The Undertaker. He used that title shot to beat Batista at WrestleMania 23 for the World Heavyweight Championship in one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. One of the Undertaker's best matches of his career. Great match that was very, very underrated before the match took place, and they stole the show. 2008 saw John Cena win the Royal Rumble. John decided to use his shot early and challenge Randy Orton to a WWE Championship match at No Way Out. He won the match via DQ, but not the title. At WrestleMania 24, John lost a triple threat match against Randy Orton and Triple H. And Randy Orton retained the WWE Championship. Again, not a memorable match. It was more so known for Ric Flair's retirement and induction into the Hall of Fame. The Undertaker and Edge made headline that WrestleMania, but it was the outside element in Orlando. I was uh, being around in that environment like I was. It was was great to be a part of that environment, but the WWE title match was one to forget, but John Cena winning his first Royal Rumble was definitely memorable. 2009, we saw the legend killer Randy Orton win. In 2009, we saw the legend killer Randy Orton, the Viper, the Apex Predator, win his first Royal Rumble, and he lost to WWE Champion Triple H at the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. The next year, 2010, we saw the returning Rated R Superstar Edge win the Royal Rumble, and he lost 
to World Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 26. And then, this past year, 2011, we saw Alberto Del Rio finish or complete one of his destinies as he won the Royal Rumble to the last match of the Rated-R Superstars career, Edge, at WrestleMania 27. So as we look back at it, the past four Royal Rumble winners lost with their opportunity to face the champion at WrestleMania. It seems as if the Money in the Bank has become the new Royal Rumble victory, as all Money in the Bank winners seem to cash in and win their respective championships. Let's see if this year the pattern can be broken and the winner of the Royal Rumble will capture the gold. Mr. Piccolo, thank you very much for joining us. Before we hear your apology, let's take you back to the Royal Rumble and talk about the match itself, if we may, for a moment. I mean, there you were losing to the 1-2-3 kid. That had to be the most embarrassing moment in your whole career, was it not? You know, you really know how to stick a guy in a rib. No, but I mean, it, it, it had hey, to be listen, It was the kid's greatest day of his life. Every dog has its day. I will give him to that. He beat Bam Bam. Bam. All right, fine. From there, actions in the match uh, required you to go to the hospital later on. You took 14 stitches in your upper lip. You were obviously disoriented after the match was over. Uh, your, your manager was not there. Your tag team partner was not there. You were left alone. You were left alone, embarrassed in the ring. You got out of the ring. The fans uh, started making fun of you, didn't they? Well, you know... When you get left alone and all your homies and everybody leaves you behind, you Mr. feel Bigelow, dissed. They, they, they were making fun of you, weren't they? The people were making fun. The people were having a blast. Exactly. Everybody in the audience, as far as I can see, they were just having a good old time in my And you experience. know what? They pay their money, and they're entitled to laugh. They're entitled to jeer. They can do anything they want, and you should not take exception to it, which leads me to Lawrence Taylor. Why did you take exception to Lawrence Taylor when Lawrence was simply doing no more, no less than any other fan around ringside. Well, you know, it was my opinion that he, he was just having a little bit more of a better time than everybody else. No, it's because he's a professional athlete, isn't it? And you felt that he disrespected you. That's what you said before the broadcast. Yes, Is that's it not? Right. Yes, that's right. In what way do you feel Lawrence Taylor disrespected you? You know, any athlete that's the caliber of Lawrence Taylor and that's the caliber of Bam Bam you put them on the same level at least I would as a man I would show pride I would show admiration to my fellow man my fellow athlete but no Lawrence Taylor had to put me at a level that was below his uh, how, did, how did he do that well you know he smiled he's laughing having a good old time puts his hand up anybody that goes to shake another man's hand you shake his hand you don't laugh in his face so as a result of that then that would be the justification to shove Lawrence Taylor on a concrete floor? Is that the justification? You know, I came out here last week to make an apology. I all, out of sincerity of my heart, I was going to make that apology. And it didn't feel right then. And it don't feel right now, McMahon. I'm not making no apologies for what I did to Lawrence Taylor. If I shoved him, I should have shoved him harder. Wait if a minute. I, you were suspended for 30 days. Yeah, I was suspended and, and for 30 days. I got to remind you that just about, just not everybody, but just about everybody in the WWF fraternity agreed with. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't care about the 30-day suspension. And I don't care what happens from now and then. You listen to me, and you listen good. And you, LT, if you're out there, I want you to open up your ears, too. Because I got something to say to you. Now, you want to put dignity and pride on the line? 
Well, I'm willing to put mine on. Why don't you put yours on? No pants, no helmets, no teammates, Lawrence Taylor. Just me and you. Man on man. That's my apology. You're you challenging Lawrence Taylor. I'm challenging Lawrence Taylor anytime, any place. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. Stitcher is a leading mobile audio company that provides a revolutionary media service which allows audio content to be easily aggregated, organized, and shared on mobile devices. It features the most up-to-date and relevant content in business, sports, politics, entertainment, and current events from the media industry's premier content providers. By focusing on the growing market for mobile content distribution, Stitcher works to provide an innovative platform for listening to audio content on the go. You can download the Stitcher app on all smartphones via the Android Market and the iTunes App Store. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. The SNS Radio Network provides daily audio programming that covers professional wrestling and sports entertainment. All produced by JJ Allcap Sexy, shows include Wrestling News Live, The Pro Wrestling Rewind, Unplugged with JJ Sexy, and of course, the flagship of the SNS Radio Network, Sunday Night Showdown. The SNS Radio Network is streamed at Justin.tv, AudioWrestling.com, SNSRadioNetwork.com, Skype, and Google Voice. Basically, if you're not listening, you're not trying. Squared Circle Media. Jerome Willen provides Squared Circle Media to all pro wrestling fans. Squared Circle Media was designed to contain exclusive audio and video content. Squared Circle Media is proud to make episodes of Beyond the Bell and other pro wrestling audio content available to wrestling fans around the world. Pro Wrestling Ringside Radio contains news stories with analysis and opinions. And it is designed to be interactive by encouraging other fans to submit their own views of the top pro wrestling news stories. Pro wrestling fans are encouraged to send in their thoughts from Live Raw, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and other independent wrestling events held around the globe. You can find all content from Squared Circle Media at www.squaredcirclemedia.net. Ringannouncing.com is the official website of ring announcer Sean Beckerman. This is where you will find video, audio, and the latest schedule for the future of ring announcing. That's www.ringannouncing.com. All videos are streamed at the YouTube channel, also labeled Ring Announcing. The Jetpack. Hosts Sean Beckerman and Frank Zintel bring you The Jetpack, the brand new podcast dedicated to the New York Jets. The Jetpack airs every week during the New York Jets regular season. Each show will discuss last week's game, the game plan for next week, and much more. It includes audio and comments from Jets players and staff, courtesy of NewYorkJets.com. You can find all archive shows at jetpack.libsyn.com and on iTunes. The Jetpack has blasted off fans. If you are interested in advertising on Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com and in the title type, Advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution. It's go time. Two men. Referee, don't let him go. Oh, 
got it. You talk about compressing your neck there. The table did not give away. Boy, and that's when it hurts the most, JR. Triple H barely in the stand. Cactus Jack trying to help the champion up. Barely able to stand. He's not standing. He's he's down. He's nearly out. He's been he's been ravaged. Not, oh, my awful. God, Cactus. Take a look at this. Look at Cactus on the left in the replay. Say, is that all you got? And then here came the rock. With a setup. Plain and simple. Then you got a cop uh -oh. right out there with Hinton. Uh -oh. what, what is that? What the hell is that? Sandbag. Gonna hit him over the head with a sandbag. They've got away. Is it gonna be bad? I, I, I don't know, King. What? I, I don't know. I don't think. It, oh, God. It's, oh, my God. It's thumbtacks. It's hundreds. It's thousands of thumbtacks. Oh, no. Cactus Jack could just put up a huge sack of thumbtacks. Hunter, get out of there. Oh, look at this. Oh, Wait a minute. Look who's here. Look who's here. Stephanie McMahon is here. Triple H is wife. Trying to stop this thing. Stephanie, don't come out here. This guy's sadistic. He won't stop for anything. Right hands by Cactus Jack. The game dangerously close to those thousands of thumbtacks on the canvas. If he falls into those tacks. Is it, look at that! Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! Cactus Jack is a human pincushion. Oh! Look at the tacks. Ah. Oh, all over his anatomy, all over his body. Oh my God! He's sick, Jr. He may enjoy it. I don't know. For the love of God! Triple H trying to. That's got to be over. Nobody gets up from the pedigree. Oh, Cactus kicked out. Cactus kicked out. My God, I don't believe it. Cactus kicked out. Stephanie oh, can't believe it. Triple H sure can't believe it. Triple H is it's incredulous. He can't believe Cactus kicked out of the pedigree. Who can? Look at this. Okay, Foley Tim goes up and matters his bar garden. Oh, no. No. Not the tax. Second pedigree. That's it. Got him. My God. My God, it's over. My God, it's over. Texas sticking in the face. Look at this. And still, World Wrestling Federation champion, Triple H. When you look at the top Royal Rumble moments of all time, you can say quite possibly the Royal Rumble in 92 had the greatest lineup of talent ever assembled in a wrestling ring. Some people say it's their favorite of all time. Quite possibly the Triple H versus Mankind matchup. At the 2000 Royal Rumble was a match that solidified Triple H as a true main event superstar. And a total surprise to WWF and NFL fans alike. After losing a match at the 95 Rumble, Bam Bam Bigelow shoved former all-time NFL star Lawrence Taylor, who was sitting at ringside. Three of the greatest moments in Royal Rumble history right off the top of, uh, right off the top of my hat, right off the top of my head at least. Three of the worst Royal Rumble moments, you can say, was Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter winning the WWF Championship a few days after... Operation Desert Storm begins in 1991 as he defeated 
the Ultimate Warrior. All right, give it a monsoon. Rowdy, Roddy Piper, thank you very much. With everything that is happening in the world and the World Wrestling Federation, General Adnan, Sergeant Slaughter, I can't help but Shut believe... Shut your whole field! For the last time, I told you and I told the world that I give the orders when I say I'm going to do something. You better believe that I'm going to do it while everybody else was aligning with the ultimate puke. Sergeant Slaughter was digging in. And I, Sergeant Slaughter, the new World Wrestling Federation champion, will reach out and take whatever I want, just like I told you I would reach out and take the new World Wrestling Federation championship and put it around my waist where it belongs. Now they can start respecting me. But like nobody else in the military world today, I have no boundaries when I... Sergeant Slaughter say I'm gonna crush someone. When I, Sergeant Slaughter, say I'm gonna defeat someone, I, Sergeant Slaughter, will do it. And I have just begun to fight. You maggots are all dismissed. I'm the new World Wrestling Federation champion, and that's an order. اللهم صل على محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم الله واكبر All right, but enough of this. I don't think I can take any more. A very subtle victory in my opinion for Sergeant Slaughter tonight. Garetta, Roddy, let's get back to the two of you. That's disgusting. If he thinks for one minute that he's earned the respect of anyone, he's crazy. Stick it in your nose and you slaughter you son of an unnamed goat. And I'm giving a bad name to goats. You can take it and stick it in your ear because you ain't holding on to that for long, baby. You are, in fact, Sergeant Slaughter, the ultimate puke. And you prove that to everyone in the entire world here tonight. This guy's disgusting. He can, he, I'll tell you what he can do, man. He can take that title because now it's open doors. We all get a crack at you, Slaughter. And if you think I'm holding back or anybody in that dressing room is holding back, then, baby, you are definitely... When we look at the worst Royal Rumble moments, we can look back at the Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter, winning the WWF Championship a few days after Operation Desert Storm begins in 1991. We saw Sergeant Slaughter defeat the Ultimate Warrior for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. How about the terrible casket match between Yokozuna and The Undertaker? It appeared that in order to win, you had to put your opponent in a casket, but the rules didn't state that The Undertaker needed to defeat nine other opponents as well. It took about nine wrestlers to come out to beat him. He was able to beat them all up until his urn was stolen and opened up. As the green mist spews from the urn, the Undertaker loses his strength and is eventually put into the casket. As he is being wheeled to the back, mist comes out of the casket and he makes a scary speech on the TV monitors and then levitates to the top of the arena. As we wrap things up on this Royal Rumble edition of Beyond the Bell, let's look at some of the biggest title changes that took place in Royal Rumble history. Like mentioned before, 91, Sergeant Slaughter beating the Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Championship. The Intercontinental title was won by none other than 
the Hot Rod Rowdy Roddy Piper for the very first time in 1992 as he defeated the Mountie, the Intercontinental Champion, finally in the grasp of Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Hall of Famer. In 92, of course, the WWF Championship was won by Nature Boy Ric Flair as for the first time and the only time ever, the World Wrestling Federation Championship was held up for grabs to the winner of the 30-man over-the-top rope battle royal known as the Royal Rumble. We saw in 95, Jeff Jarrett defeat Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Championship. The tag team titles were won by the 1-2-3 Kid and Bob Holly the same year as they beat Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka. Goldust beat Razor Ramon in 96 for the Intercontinental title. And the WWF Championship was won in 97 by the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels against Sid in his own hometown of San Antonio, Texas. In 99, the WWF Championship was won by the People's Champion of the Rock as he beat Mankind in the famous I Quit match that was shown on Beyond the Bell, excuse me, on Beyond the Mat, should I say, featuring Mankind being viewed by his children at ringside as The Rock smashes the chair over his head repeatedly. 2000, the Intercontinental title was won by co-champ Chris Jericho beating co-champ China and Bob Holly to become the undisputed champion. The Dudley Boys captured their first tag team champion championship in 2001. The Intercontinental title that same year was won by Chris Jericho beating Chris Benoit in a ladder match was which was one of the greatest matches that took place inside the Royal Rumble Squared Circle. In 2002, William Regal beat Edge for the Intercontinental title, and 2003, we saw the Dudley Boys win the World Tag Team Championship as they defeated William Regal and Lance Storm. For the first time in Royal Rumble history in 2006, the Cruiserweight Championship was won as Gregory Helms beat the champ Kid Cash as They also beat Nunzio Funaki, Jamie Noble, and Paul London in the throw-together Cruiserweight Invitational Six-Pack Challenge. Also, we saw in 2006 the WWE Championship won by John Cena as he defeated the Rated-R Superstar Edge. 2009, the Women's Championship was won by Melina beating the Glamazon Beth Phoenix. We also saw Edge defeat Jeff Hardy for the WWE title as well in 2009. In the past two years, we saw very few titles change as 2010, the Women's Championship, was won by Mickey James defeating Michelle McCool. And then last year, 2011, we saw the Divas Championship won by Eve beating champion Natalia as Michelle McCool and Layla were involved in the match. So as we look the past few years, the WWE title has not been won, nor was the World Heavyweight Championship been won since 2009, and quite frankly... A major title change of the Rumble doesn't happen that often because the Royal Rumble match typically takes precedence. When we look at past Royal Rumble winners, fans, to me, one of the greatest Royal Rumble winners has been either Stone Cold Steve Austin, the immortal Hulk Hogan. We have to include, of course, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels, who could forget HBK and his stellar performances in the Royal Rumble. Who could forget 1992 and the nature boy Ric Flair winning the WWF Championship in the Royal Rumble? Or Rey Mysterio's feat in lasting so long in the Royal Rumble match to win a title shot at WrestleMania. So many opportunities for superstars to make their presence known in the Royal Rumble. Kane, Diesel, 
to name a few to name a few Rikishi all made breakout performances inside the Royal Rumble match. And then of course we had the oddities that entered the Royal Rumble. Vince McMahon winning in 1999. Drew Carey making his presence known. Even Hornswoggle entered the Rumble. And not to not to forget China and Beth Phoenix being the only two women to compete in the Royal Rumble match. So fans, thank you so much for joining us on this special Rumble edition of Beyond the Bell as we look back at the stats, facts, and tracks of the pro wrestling extravaganza event known as the Royal Rumble. As we head into February, we have a lot more programming coming up for you fans as we'll have the Hulkamania Chronicles continue on as we look ahead into the career of Hulk Hogan as his WWF career, the first part of it, ends and the future of his career in WCW begins. Also, we'll feature the WCW 101 series as we look back at the history of World Championship Wrestling. The Ted Turner early years have begun and new bookers are in place to control the happenings in World Championship Wrestling. Also stay tuned for the debut of The Horseman Files. In spirit of the four horsemen being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, the night before WrestleMania, we're going to kick off our Horseman File series as we look back chronologically at the history of the illustrious group known as the Four Horsemen. We'll start off in 1985, the birth of the revolutionary group known as the Four Horsemen. All this and more coming up in the weeks to come on Beyond the Bell via the SNS Radio Network, so stay tuned for that. Wrestling fans, you can download all archive shows from Beyond the Bell at our official archive site at beyondthebell.podbean.com as well as snsradionetwork.com. You can listen to it streamed via the Stitcher app, which is downloaded for all smartphone users via iTunes App Store and the Android Market. Also download it on iTunes as well. Tons of opportunity for you to download the Beyond the Bell podcast extravaganza. So if you are not listening, you're not trying. Just like they say, our motto is at the SNS Radio Network. Also, questions, comments, hate mail, you can send at btbpodcast at gmail.com as well as my Twitter page, Sean Beckerman at Sean Beckerman. And you can like me on Facebook, like you said, follow me on Twitter and Go to my official website, www.ringannouncing.com, for scheduling of my future announcing dates, uh, scheduling of future podcasts that are coming up, and debuts that are on the YouTube uh, channel, which is Ring Announcing, as well as coming up, the Jetpack, the New York Jets podcast I also run. And we'll definitely be talking about the New York Giants headed to the Super Bowl. So, fans, thank you so much for joining us for another spectacular old school edition of Beyond the Bell. We'll wrap things up with our old school theme of the week, so stay tuned for that, fans. And when we return with more Beyond the Bell, we'll relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. Also, wrestling fans, do not forget to vote for the Beyond the Bell podcast for best show of 2011 and other topics that Beyond the Bell is up for under the Wrestling Radio Awards. WrestlingRadioAwards.com. Vote for Beyond the Bell for 2011. Once again, thank you so much for nominating us in the first place. It's an honor to be nominated. This week's old school theme of the week will be a theme that we've heard throughout the years in WWE, but some people may not know that this theme started out as a theme for a Royal Rumble event. Specifically in 1999, the No Chance in Hell theme was used because it was the quote-unquote 
theme of the Rumble that year, as Vince McMahon said there was no chance in hell for Stone Cold Steve Austin to win the Royal Rumble. And from that point on, it was used for the theme song for one Mr. McMahon. So that will wrap things up for a Rumble edition of Beyond the Bell. We'll see you next week, wrestling fans, and I'll see you at the matches. Good night, everybody. 